Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Katie Neal. Welcome back to the Katie and Company podcast. This week, our company was the very talented singer-songwriter Hardy. We got to catch up on life, how Hardy has been feeling about his career, and the perspective shift that he's had, feeling really grateful for everything in life following his very scary bus accident a few months ago. We also got to talk about his new album, The Mockingbird and the Crow. We talked about the fact that he had a number one on the rock chart last week and a song on top of the country chart this week. Plus, he also talked about how him and Morgan Wallen met, which is a story that I had never heard before. I very much enjoyed this conversation with Hardy, and I hope that you will too. Hot off his CMT win last week. Yeah. We are hanging out all this week on the Superstar Power Hour with Hardy. How are you? How have you been? I'm good, and I've been really, really good. Life yeah. has been really great recently. Yeah, it has. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, I got married in October. Yes. I don't know. Just I've been in a really good headspace in general, and and really kind of just sort of having a lot of revelations about life and all good things and just how grateful I am and how grateful I should be and just everything is just really good right now. What life revelations are you having? I think, you know, one of them is, uh, we're getting jumping right into it. Okay. <laughs> um, you said it. <laughs> you know, I think really this that, like, I've struggled a lot with, with being an artist and uh, I've, talk, I've been really vocal about it, but I think in the past, like, six months, just kind of having the realization that this is very special and that I should take it all in stride as opposed to maybe fight losing my anonymity or like having fans and feeling pressure and stuff like that. It's more of a blessing than, than I won't say a curse cause I never thought it was a curse, but I just used to fight it a lot more and I'm, I've, I've really dialed in how cool it is and how special it is. And, and I'm really kind of owning that now. And That's I just, awesome. it's changed my perspective. I think the accident had a lot to do with that and just like, you know, look on the positive because you, you know, could easily, it could all be gone like that. And it's just all sort of happened in the last six months, but it's been great. That's awesome though. Thank that you. makes me happy to hear. I feel like I see, I see that in so many artists and it always like my heart aches for them yeah. a little bit because I, nobody ever wants to say that they're ungrateful for this lifestyle and this life. But like, there are things about being an artist and being in the limelight that are like really difficult yeah. and mentally taxing yeah. that I don't think that you guys get enough credit for. Like I was just talking to Luke Combs about this, about that song, the part on his mm-hmm. album, which is like, this is the part nobody talks about. Yeah. And so like, I'm happy for you to hear that, like your perspective, you've had the perspective shift and like are feeling more comfort in it now thank you i really appreciate it it's been an uphill battle but it's just it's been all it's awesome recently it's been really really great that's awesome and then now you've got a song climbing to the top of the chart which yeah is like another great moment to be having right now talk to me about what was the initial inspiration for weight in the truck okay i i like have 30 different versions of the story <laughs> but um basically 
Hunter Phelps and I were in Atlanta. I was playing a show. He's a big songwriter yeah. in town. He's one of my best friends in town. And my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, but she called me. She was in Nashville, and she was with a bunch of her friends, and they were at a party. And this guy got really weird with her and, like, tried to, like, convince her to go home with him and, like, got real, just really weird. And she called me, and she was like, this guy, like, I don't know this guy and blah, blah, blah. And I got really fired up about it at the time. Anyway, it was the situation was diffused, and it was fine. But I got super fired up about it. And Hunter and I were sitting there talking, and I was like, man, if I knew who he was, I'd just find out where he lives and tell Callie to <laughs> wait in the truck. You know, I'll be right back. And and he and I kind of looked at each other like, damn, that's a good song idea. And that happens all the time with songwriters, and somebody says something. And so I wrote down Wait in the Truck and uh, with his name by it, and we, we sat on that idea for... Gosh, that could have been like eight months or something. Saying, it might have even been a, while, a year. Right? We sat on it for a long time and even threw it out to some people and nobody ever bid on it. And he and I got in the room with Jordan Schmidt, which is where we finally wrote the song. But it kind of just started as a a thing. But <laughs> just, it was like a real thing that you really In felt, a way. I yeah. mean, the guy wasn't like no, you weren't like gonna go whipping up on my wife. But <laughs> yeah. it, I will say it's funny. We For the longest time, we wanted to write it like this tough guy like can i say douchebag on here man yeah. hit the dump hit the dump button <laughs> like like just tough guy like uh you i heard you got roughed up in a bar i'm gonna go find this guy and kick his ass and and uh we talked about that in the room that day and we finally were like what if we like we just did the thing and tried to write like a really great story and we i've always referenced old red as like one of the greatest you know stories told in country music i know it's there's so many more especially yeah. a long time ago but in my era that i grew up on that was like my favorite story song and and we said what if we just sat down and really dug into it and created a, a universe and a storyline and so we made it a little more serious than just like the the dude in the tank top going to kick somebody's ass you that's know? so wild like how it started where it ended up what yeah. did like what was the initial reaction like from the label when you were like here's the song that i wrote <laughs> i i sent seth england my manager and joey moy my producer anytime i have like a, a song that i know is like really good i or for me i'll send it to him immediately and i remember i could almost probably find it in my phone if i scrolled back but I said, I just wrote a career song, and I want y'all to hear it. I mean, I knew I knew yeah. it was special. It is. It's such a special song, and I don't know, like, how much you anticipated when you were getting ready to release it, like, how much it would speak to survivors of sure. domestic violence, but I'm sure that, like, that's come with, like, a lot of fans, I'm sure, sharing, like, really tough stories. Oh, all the time. I could probably hit refresh on my, like, DMs on yeah. whatever socials, and usually in five minutes there's somebody. And I'm really thankful for that because – you know, a lot of people have asked, did I get any pushback for it kind of being the subject that it was and all that? And I have gotten none. It's all, I mean, truly like people, mostly women, honestly, mm-hmm. all women just being like the biggest one is either this song like helped me kind of get out of the funk that I was in with dealing with this or like I got out of it and I wished that I had somebody come along and do something to the person that was, you know, whipping up yeah. on me. But um, also just to, like, feel seen and spoken to sure. is, like, so important for so many people. And I feel like you're really good at that. I mean, like, singing about things like teenage pregnancy on mm-hmm. one beer and then domestic violence, like, those aren't people, like, those aren't things that people normally, like, lean into sure. when they're writing a song. So kudos to you for, like, really, I feel like taking that and running with it. Thank you. you I appreciate it. That's, that. like, the it's the dark corners of country music that... <laughs> For sure, it's just good stories and subjects kind of hiding out, and I just I don't know. I love to talk about it. It's easy easy to write about stuff that's that's not dark but just serious. I don't know. 
every songwriter in town loves that stuff. Like whether or oh, not yeah. those songs get cut, they love a revenge into song. The, yeah, 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 <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, girl had to die. Like there's a reason that. Yeah, no, people love it. People love death, man. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they do. They really do. Let's talk about the album that you mm-hmm. just dropped earlier this year, The Mockingbird and the Crow. I thought this was such a like refreshing perspective for an album. Like I know everybody's right now. Like like I love a concept record. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so cool, and everybody's you know dropping like double albums and everything. But mm-hmm. to put both of these like genres on one album, I thought was so cool. Were you, I don't feel like you're probably someone who gets like very nervous, but were you nervous at all about how that was going to be received? No, but only because we had dropped Boots is a song on my last record and it like could have easily been on yeah. the Crow side of this record. And that, that song started translating so well live that I knew my fans were going to like resonate or at least get it. And then we dropped a cu- cover of uh, Blurry by Puddle of Mud and that was received well and then we dropped sold out and that so was the that one like, that like <laughs> that song and everybody so like freaked and that that was a moment where i was like i have no idea what my fans are going to think about this and it kind of went nuts and then we started playing it live and it goes nuts and and that really gave me enough confidence to to write the the back half of that record and and just to send it as they say and because I, my, I mean, my fans really resonated. I mean, they loved it. It was, I, I got really good fans and they, they just, they went right for it. So that's so awesome. I remember when you played Sold Out, like right after it, I think it was right at, like right around the time it came out and Morgan, when you guys were playing Bridgestone. Yeah. And you it played was that. Shortly and after, it, yeah. And I had not like been to a rock concert since like high school. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I forgot how much fun this is. Yeah. <laughs> like that really was, that was incredible and so much fun. Like, it, How cool to be able to do that! It's uh, our live show is is really is so fun. It's, it's like energy almost the whole show is just like in your face, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's awesome. How cool is it right now to have a song that's climbing the country chart and then one that's climbing the rock Dude, chart? Dude, I know. Like I don't. Jack, I think is at number two or three, and I think Wait in the Trucks at five or something. That is wild. I wish so bad that they would go number one at the same time. But what a cool club to be a part of, like it's, Jelly, UNL King. Like those are really like yeah. the only people who've ever done that. Yeah, at least that I can think of in this moment. I'm sure it is. More, it is super cool, and it's it's like refreshing. Not that I feel like I've like my country music world is stale, but it's cool to be like. And I still feel like this with country, but like young kid, like I'm now the kid in rock and roll a little bit. Like yeah. people, I'm the new guy again, you know what I mean? And and it's just, it's like kind of got developed a new, uh, not chip on my shoulder, but but I've got like something to really prove again, I feel yeah. like. And that's that's fun. I would like you ever feeling. do some version of Hicks tape that's more rock focused for with sure. all rock features? Like yeah. that would be. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like you'd have a blast We've already talked that. about it. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you call, would you call it Hicks tape or what no, would you call it? Uh, we would, but we would. There would be something. It would be like the font would be. Di- there would yeah, be something, yeah, something, something different for sure. But no, that's awesome. that's, that's going to happen at some point. I want it to do. I want it to be over like country lyrics, though, to see some of these guys <laughs> come in and like. Right, like you could do a really intense rock version of God's Country or something. I'm trying to think of like what oh, other yeah. song too. That's probably going to happen. But. <laughs> well, speaking of God's Country and songs that you have written for other artists, because you've written so many songs for so many other people, we're going to play a bunch of those this week while you're on the show. What would you say is maybe your favorite song or means the most to you that you wrote for another artist? Oh, gosh. Um, ah, man, probably Up Down is like, God's Country's up there, but Up Down is a really big one for a lot of reasons. One, it was my first number one. And it was Morgan's first number one. Yeah. So that kind of kick-started both of our careers uh, in a big way. Uh, and I think also that was like, especially at the time, was like quintessential 
the song that I love to write over and over again is that down the middle, like, country tempo. Everybody says, like, round here, you know, Mm -hmm. FGL vibe. And I'm just glad that that was my first hit because a lot of times, and I've even had hits, you know, like a lot of times people, like, I know guys that are, they have a thing and they have a very profound thing they do, but their first hit was not really that. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, then you spend all your time trying to get away from that. Kind yeah, of, a little bit. Known yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just glad that it, that, that was my first hit because when it kind of got people's attention and, that's the thing that I do really well, I think, you know. Oh, so it's like very in your lane. Like yes, exactly. It's not exactly. like some crazy departure that like people knew who you were immediately. Yeah, so song. it established me as a writer true to how I write, you know what I mean? And and so I'm really thankful for that timing too. For sure. Usually, like, I mean, you were in town for almost like probably close to 10 years by the time that number one yeah, hit. Yeah, eight which, years. Eight years, mm-hmm. which I always say like that was your time as a starving artist. Everybody's like trying to make rent, bunked up with like 10 people in a house or something crazy. But did you make like a special or a memorable like first purchase when you got that number I bought one. a truck. You bought a truck? Yeah. <laughs> I would say most people, it's, it's some sort of car. Yeah. Especially all the guys. <laughs> um, I was driving, I was riding around in a, um, my dad's literally hand-me-down 2006 Chevy Silverado and both of the front speakers were busted and I was driving around with a Bluetooth speaker sitting <laughs> in the console and that's how I listened to music going down the road because the speakers didn't work. There were so many things wrong with the truck. And, uh, yeah, I was, I got BMI, I got my first ever real like BMI royalty check in January and like January 10th, I bought a truck <laughs> and it, I still have it. It's in the, it's Do actually, you? I wrapped it in camo now, but it's just, it's the same truck. It's out in the parking lot. That's cool. I mean, it's kind of hard. Like you can't really get rid of that. You got No, I'm going to drive it literally it. until the wheels fall off. I'm not even kidding. Exactly. I'm going like, to have like it for you 20 years. That's like what you passed down. It's a family heirloom. hundred you know percent. I mean? like, yeah. I take so pride cool. in it. Every time I look at it, that's what I think about. That's awesome. And then I always think such an interesting thing about you and I don't know. I'm sure like your fans all know this, but you actually went to school for songwriting. I did. Which like I didn't, I don't even know that I knew that was an option. I mean, I didn't grow up close to Nashville, but do more people have that degree than I know? Or is that still kind of rare even like Uh, like, like in the community? A lot of Belmont people do. Mm. But I will say, I believe Mitchell Tenpenny, Mm. he didn't major in songwriting, but he went to MTSU and he majored in some form of music. Uh, There's a writer, Brad Clawson. Who he wrote like oh, uh, up down actually yeah and uh, happy happy is or happy does the Kenny Chesney yeah. song and there's got to be more but there's a there's a few but there's a ton at Belmont like songwriting yeah. majors I what do they teach you like what are your classes like when you're doing that there was an actual songwriting class but that was a little different because the teacher was like usually you start with the verse and then the yeah. chorus and it's got to be under three and a half minutes a lot of stuff that people already knew yeah and I think a lot of it was like. It's a very much, in my opinion, like you either have it or you don't. And there was a lot of really yeah. great people in my class. And some guys like went on to write like rock rock and roll and like just this and that and the other. But the the stuff we learned in songwriting itself was pretty... Like elementary almost. Yeah. Because but, I feel like it's probably, it is a hard thing to teach. Like you can't, you can't teach creativity. No, it's like, it's you can like painting. Like you it, can but, yeah. copy a Bob Ross painting, but then the real, the great art is just like in somebody's brain already, you know? Yeah. But uh, we, I, I took a lot of publishing classes and like the history of the recording industry and like uh, there was like basically a record label class I learned a lot about like contracts and copyright law which is cool to have the business minded yeah 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 it kind of keeps you from getting screwed out of a record deal or a publishing deal and stuff I mean I know that's what lawyers are for but it's just good to know that terminology and sort of how the industry works because I, some of the people I had classes with, they maybe wanted to be a songwriter, but then they turned into a publisher or they work at mm-hmm. a record label. And that's that was probably, a lot of that was based on what they learned in school. 
That's awesome. That's so cool. Hopefully there's somebody listening who's like, oh my God, I can go to school for songwriting. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it is an actual major. I think it's doing really well at MTSU now. I haven't been down there since the day I picked up my diploma, but I need to go. Well, I'm right. sure they got your picture up everywhere. And I want to go teach a class, class dude. I want right? to go in there with like a, <laughs> you should. So, like a songwriting stick and just beat it in my hand and be like, this is how you do it. It'd be fun. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. And then another one of the songs we're going to play this week is one that you wrote with Morgan and Ernest is More Than My Hometown. I love that song. That is such an amazing song. Thank and my you. one of my favorite things about that and just about the three of you is kind of like watching how people are not just fans of each of you individually, but like fans of your friendship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you like is that like kind of a weird thing to or not weird, but like it's you know, because cool. there's people who are fans of your marriage and your relationship also yeah. and like follow you and Callie, but like it's it's so interesting to me. People love it. They I, I it's been like that for a long time too. Especially Morgan and I, and then Earn, he was always our friend, but he didn't, he hadn't like broken out on the country scene yet. But now that he, it's like a trifecta, and now we're starting to throw Bailey Zimmerman in there too. We just yes, to I saw that. Australia, and like uh, we all had a really great time together, and we're all touring pretty much, you know, this whole summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been cool to see his rise and you guys to kind of like take him in because, you know, yeah. like, as the youngest of the group, kind of like, I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. That. Um, but it's no, it's really cool. I'm, there's been like pockets of like friendships throughout history and country music and especially like back in the, the highwaymen and there's just been a bunch, but I, I'm cool. I, I mean, I think it's really cool to, to be one of those moments where, yeah. you know, people are just kind of rooting and keeping up with like a friendship. Cause we are, I mean, like I talk to both, especially Morgan and Earn almost every day about something, something. never music. You yeah, know what I mean, it's something stupid. Usually. But I always think it's so cool how you guys support each other. Like, I remember right before your album was coming out, like Morgan posted something. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna drop this song before Hardy drops his song on Friday. Like, I want like mm-hmm. I could to like give you your moment." And I yeah. was like, "I like yeah, I just love that." Like, and he like acknowledging it and everything. Like, I just thought that was really cool. Like, how you guys all take care of sure. each other. Sure, I mean that's that's very true. Like, we're we're all competitive. Like, yeah, I'm sure on a smaller scale. Like, even when we tour, like we're all trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. Well, we're really just all trying to outdo Morgan, you know. Yeah. And there's little bits of that but it's all friendly but when it comes down to like we're all just rooting for each other's success me and morgan had a conversation the other day about how it's like man it's going to be a really sad day but a cool day at the same time where we hopefully one day that we can't tour with each other because we'll be at the same level and earnest too and it's just fun to root that's kind of nashville in a nutshell though you know it's Mm -hmm. a competitive town but people really are rooting for each other's success. I, I love that about this town. How did you and Morgan actually meet? I'm sure that story is, story is like on the internet, but I don't know that I've ever heard We it. wrote a song together. So this was when The Way I Talk was like peaking at radio, and I think it was like top 30, and, and I was just like a huge fan uh, of the song, and I had not met him before. That still is one of my favorite songs. Me too. <laughs> and if you've seen it live, it's still huge yeah. live. And it was just kind of the publisher route. Like I called my publisher and I said, Hey, can you call at the time? I th- Sam Jervy, I think was booking Morgan's calendar. And I said, can you call Sam and see if uh, I can write with this Morgan Wallen kid? We can write it over at my house. And like two weeks later he was on the schedule and I got a text at like 10 AM and he was like, Hey, this is Morgan Wallen. What's your address? And he just showed up to my house and we wrote, it was me and him and, uh, Jameson Rogers actually. Cause Jameson, I used to live in an apartment mm-hmm. and Jameson lived right below me and he and I are really good friends. And he just came over and wrote. And then we went to Martin's barbecue after. And, and, uh, the second time we hung out, I think we really hit it off that day. We could tell we were going to be friends. And then the second or third time we hung out was on the up down music video shoot. That's crazy. Cause that, that, that we wrote. Only... And then shortly after that, Seth called me and said, Hey, I think Morgan's going to, record up down was that the first song that you guys wrote well, that day with jameson yeah well 
he and I did not write up down. No, together. you didn't. No, no, no. Okay, got it, got it. Got yeah, it. Wait, we wrote some this? other song. It was called. Uh, yeah, I would say what happened to that song? That. No, he never recorded it, but uh, it's a really good song. He he t- still texts me about it. We all talk about it. It's it's like Somebody it was a good first song it. to write, but it was like <laughs> I can't even remember. But it sounds like Morgan and I will never forget when we went to do the work tape because you know. We just put a phone down, hit record, and somebody plays it on acoustic. And Morgan did not have a lyric on his phone. And he just played, he picked up the acoustic, and he we recorded it, and he played the whole song, remembered, like, basically every lyric. And I was like, that's crazy. And then after that, he said, hold on, hold on. And he capoed it, like, four steps higher and he was like, I can do it. I can sing it in a higher key. And then he did it again. And it was You're like, like how did like, you remember that? Kid? Yeah, and just the fact that he sang it in a key. And then he raised the key like four steps. As a singer, that's like a, <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's going to hit these notes. And he did. And I was like, this kid's really good. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that story. Thank yeah. you for coming in. Congratulations on the success of Wait in the Truck. I'm so happy for you. Things seem like they're really good. Thank you very right much. It's, I'm, I'm loving life right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.